Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. With me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. This week, we fangirl over our teenage idol, Sabrina Washington from Mystique. And we meet Fumi Feto, beauty editor at Glamour, and her, with a new book, Palette, the Beauty Bible for Women of Colour. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! We are so lucky to be joined in the studio. Sabrina Washington, hello, welcome! Hello, ladies! (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in and chatting to us because... Here at Badass Women's Hour, we are all big fans. Massive fans. Thank big you fans. for having me. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, this we're is very so excited. In the, in the production emails, we were like, this is the show. <laughs> <laughs> because, you're willing, because you're willing to talk about everything, from entrepreneurship to music, we're yes, like, we're yeah, excited. Let's do it. <laughs> Fantastic. So, right. Sabrina, everyone knows you from Mystique. Yes. But tell us a little bit about what happened to you post-Mystique. All right, so post. Remember, when you're in a group, you're with two other ladies. So in order to make things work, it's a constant compromise on your opinion. And once you get into a routine of doing that, and then you step away from that, you're like, all, all the, all the, all the um, stars and everything, you're like, what is going on? Because you're not used to not compromising right you now it's time for you to stand within yourself but because you've been doing that for so long it's going to take you that time to be okay i'm standing by myself and this is me now Mm. and what was it like being in a girl group at the kind of height of girl group madness (laughs) i say that the experience was phenomenal Mm. everything and more that you would ever think about it was tremendous like it was just you you were massive at that time i'm trying to think you're living your dream i always said i wanted to be a singer from school wrote it down my teachers was like yeah she's always she was always singing anyway (laughs) and then all of a sudden i'm on the charts Mm. it was amazing how did you get your big break though in terms of like how did that how did that happen were you like auditioning for parts did you just create the group the three of you the thing is is that we was everyone was around looking for what they wanted to do Mm. and then when myself and the girls met up we knew we just you know when you just you just know you can feel the chemistry you just feel the chemistry and everything just seems so right conversations flowing Mm -hmm. singing and everything is all good it was just so 
organic in that sense, as in it felt as in you couldn't put this together. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't put this together. It had to be brought together organically and by itself. And so you went from knowing that yes. to tearing up the charts <laughs> with I think, songs that we could play them in 20 years and everyone would still be like, oh my God, this wasn't a tune. <laughs> I know where I was when yeah. I first heard this song. I want to go back to the day that you decided it was no more. Okay, so we were under a record company at the time that um, went bust. And then we was working, working on our third album at that time when they went bust. And so for us, we didn't know anything that was going on with the record company at that time. So the same way that was a shock oh, wow. to you, it was a shock to us. Oh, no, yeah. So we was like, this isn't, it didn't feel right. Mm. And then it just, it just kind of dismantled, if I can just, it just, everything just became, it just dismantled after that. Well, because you just because the label didn't exist. Yeah, the label so then... didn't exist, mm -hmm. and in that time there weren't that many labels that mm. saw beyond mm. this. Right. Basically, being a black woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know they didn't yeah. see beyond that. It's not like in a time of now mm. where people are just listening to what they want. Yeah. And. Things aren't being thrown at them and being force-fed to them to say, ah, oh, you need to like this. Mm. It's a thing where people are searching for what they want mm. and artists are coming forward and living in themselves and saying, this is my identity and this is me. Yeah. And I suppose it was also, now we take it for granted that... If you're making music, you stick it up on YouTube and you can make your money just from YouTube yeah. or you put it on Spotify by yourself. Yeah. But none of that existed at that point. It you were completely dependent on the label. It was a different machine back then. And it was so label-based and labels were the one that helped to propel you to go somewhere else. It was not really that independent. But to tell you the honest truth, why came out on an independent label? So without oh. that independent label, because they didn't say, okay, well, you need to sound like this or you need to do that. We went to them and said, no, okay, this isn't working right now. The why, the R&B, it was getting, it was getting, people loved it, but we was like, okay, what can we do? Mm. So we got the remix and then we brought it to the label and then they said, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> so, it was like, no, this is what we want to do. So then they done a video and then it all blew up from there. Yeah. Wow. You were like, this is going to be the future. Yeah. You don't know so now. This is, you don't know now, yeah. but this is the future. What was it like being women in the industry? Uh, you know, because there's always challenges around always. gender in the industry. So being women of colour and being just an all-girl group, how did you find that? Is there things now that you perhaps didn't realise at the time, but you can see now, or did you, did you have any challenges? The thing is, is that I grew up in a very multicultural society. I grew up in a Catholic school. And I went to a Catholic convent and we didn't see colour. We only saw love. Mm. We loved and we had relationships. There was nothing about, oh, it's, I only saw and recognised this when I was actually in the industry. Mm. Before that, there was none of that. So it only became recognisable to me when I was in the industry. Because you got put mm. in a box. Yeah, because mm. I got put in the box. I was the black girl. Mm -hmm in the group and mm. I'm like what are you talking about I don't know what you're talking about come on like I don't see things through I don't see things through those eyes 
I just love people. Mm. And it doesn't matter what your outer is. It's your energy that mm. I love and I, and I want mm. to be around. What was it like when the, it kind of comes to an end yeah. and you go off and do your own thing mm -hmm. and you see one of your group yeah. becoming a bigger and bigger star? Yes. And that's not you. How does that feel? Can I tell you, the honest mm. truth is this, is that I think the media find it easy to say, oh, well, that person hates that person and that... Yeah. Mm. There's no hate in mm. a situation that came from love. Mm. So it can't go from love to hate just like that. Yeah. We loved hard and we worked hard and we done that all together and we created mm. a legacy together. So I wish her the best all the time, without a doubt, because that's what I'd want everyone to wish for me. So I don't have any bad energy about what she's doing now. She's doing amazingly, mm. and that is amazing. And that's it. Nothing more and nothing less. There's but no story it in it. It must frustrate <laughs> you, though, when you... Because it, it's a recurring thing, and now that you're coming back, you, yes. you've got a, yeah. a home range, you've got yeah, music got house. Yeah, yeah, you haven't asked me about that. Like, coming, it, coming. It. But that's going to be the first thing that people start to talk about. Yeah. I there, know. there must be rivalry. I know, but I think, as we know... Media like rival rivalry. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a story like, yeah. Yeah. with girls. It's yeah. always pushed with girls. Okay, well, the, how would that 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 one feel? What do you mean? Yeah. How would you? At the end of the day, we have never bad mouthed each other and said, okay, yeah. well, I don't like this person. We haven't done that. Mm. We've not done that. So there's nothing to talk about when it comes to that because we have a journey that no one else has ever yeah. experienced. Mm. And that's a blessing in, in many ways. Mm. So what do you say about your blessing, that it wasn't a good thing? Mm. It was an amazing thing. It was a fantastic yeah. thing. And I'm thankful, and the girls are thankful too. Our journeys are different, and that's just life. You grow up with a certain amount of people, your journeys are always going to be different. Mm. It's just to respect somebody else's journey. And that's easy, because I say that there's more energy to give out bad energy and bad mind to someone than you do to smile and 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 be happy in their joy. Wish yeah. them well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've after singing, yes, you went interiors, right? Yes. Why? Okay, I'll tell you why. Mm. As my mother was very, very strict, so I was always in my house anyway. <laughs> so that's how I got into writing songs because I was always in my house. So I was like, okay, cool. I can't go out tonight. Party tonight. Everyone's going out. I can't go. Okay, so how I'll can I about it. I'll write a song about it? Actually, if I'm staying in this environment all this time, maybe I should make it comfortable for me. So what I done one time, my mum. And dad, they went away on holiday to Atlanta and they was like, yeah, you're coming. And I was like, no, I'm not coming. So what they, I did is when they came back, my home, my whole room was changed. I had floors, <laughs> I had this, I had this. And they was like, what is going on here? I said, I completely dug out everything, interior design, new. I said, well, if you're not going to listen, my, this is my comfort zone. Mm. And I see the bedroom as a place where you're still for a long time. Mm. And it's mm. a place where dreams are made. So you need to have a place, your bedroom, that hugs you as soon as you go in. Whether it's by the cushions or the pillows or the smell and scents that's in the air. That when you go there, you feel calm. So that's how I got 
into doing Home by yeah. XW because uh, it's, it's all about bedrooms and just that place where you have your own sanctuary. So you're just focusing on bedrooms and products for that. So what you do, what kind of products do you do? So I do candles and you know what? I love candles because they always make mm. you feel a sense of calm. Yeah, yeah. they do. And you know what? Candles... I always found that I used to go out and buy candles, but some candles, you know, you have to stand next to it to, to smell it. So with my ones, you can smell them. Yeah. I made sure that as soon as you walk into a room, you can smell it. You don't need to go and stand there and maybe burn your hair and do all of that stuff. And it, they're natural as well, it's, right? It's natural scents, so it's all natural scents. And with um like the pillows, I have a thing for pillows. They have to be full. Yeah. I don't yeah. like when I go and and the pillow's flat yeah. or it's just really flat. So it's just nice stuff that make you feel at home and comfort you when you come in and say, welcome home. I love Makes it. so much sense. <laughs> uh, but you haven't given up writing music. No, no. I haven't. Well, I can't <laughs> give up writing music. <laughs> so the thing is, is that as I was saying and I was explaining before, mm. you go for a journey. Everyone goes through their own journey. And when we finished with the group, as I said to you, I didn't know how... I had to try and get back to being me mm. and get to knowing me again because I was so used to, oh, no, but that's OK, or being appeasing of situations yeah. and not saying, no, mm. this is not what I want. Mm -hmm. So I had to get to that place. And then I wrote a song in that time when I was like, ah, really? I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> and this is I, all of my songs now are my truths. Yeah. And I don't have to compromise with anyone to say how I feel or how I was feeling at this time. So that's what my song... I have a song called Gone coming out next week and it's basically about everything after the group. How oh, I felt, right, right. how I felt about newspapers and everything else, all of that. So everything is in that song. Amazing. Yes. We look forward to hearing it. <laughs> uh, Sabrina, if you were, just before you go, if you were to, there's a young girl out there now thinking, mm. I just want to do what you've done yes. and I just want to make, what Harriet's advice would you her. give them? Obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. I, I, I wouldn't have been naive enough to say young. <laughs> yeah, so go on, Harriet, what are you saying? What advice would you give a young girl starting out who really wants to go into the music industry, who wants that? kind of wants to be part of a group, wants to sing, wants to write her own music, what would you tell her? I would tell her that to do it, mm. be around people that see your vision or what you want to do, because that's how you get into that group that may be those people that are meant to be for you. Don't lack in confidence. I know it's hard sometimes, especially with the world of social media right now, mm. because everything is so 24 hours and so quick, you can kind of get lost in the translation of, maybe I'm not as good as them. Yes, you are. And mm. you just need to believe in yourself and go forward and do you. Like, find people that are like you, because there's many of them out mm. there that are like you and that are just searching for that group that they can say... This is my place mm. and this is where I'm going to be and this is where I'm going to make it. Amazing. Sabrina Washington, thank you so much for coming in and chatting to us. No problem It's been all. very exciting. It's going to be all over our Instagram, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. Now, our next guest has written a book that was described by Edward Enenfell, Editor-in-Chief of British Vogue, as 
groundbreaking first-of-its-kind book, not only destined to become the beauty bible for women of colour everywhere, but also a significant, relevant and influential voice in the conversation around inclusivity. Essential reading. Uh, Fumi Feto, welcome to Badass Thank you so much for having me. So, Palette, your book, The Beauty Bible for Women of Colour, why did you want to write it? (sighs) It's such a big question. I mean, I never set out to write a beauty book. I've been a beauty journalist for quite a while and it's never been something I've wanted to do. But I think with this particular book, I wrote it because I wanted to talk about the issue of lack of lack of inclusivity in the um, beauty industry. So that was my main drive behind it. I found I was having a lot of women who would get in contact with me, some on the street, you know, just um, strangers. There were people who would um, get in contact with me on social media and so on and so forth, asking me about products and treatments and so on and so forth that would be great for women of colour. And it became so prevalent, I thought, wow, okay, the beauty industry really isn't still speaking to this demographic. And I wanted to talk about that and do something about it. For people who don't know or haven't really been involved in this debate or discussion, Mm. 10 years ago, what was the beauty world like for women of (laughs) colour? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I mean, it's changed quite a lot. But goodness me, I mean, 10 years ago, most brands did not cater for women of colour. You couldn't actually get, you know, a foundation that wouldn't make you look grey or orange or green. You know, it it was quite difficult. Um, You know, the issue of inclusivity wasn't even talked about. I think a lot of women just accepted that there wasn't anything out there for them. And they just accepted that and wore a lot of bad makeup. (laughs) But it's not even 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, look, (laughs) we're talking about 10 years. We're talking about three years. I'm talking about even in the last couple of weeks, you know, women will say to me that, oh, you know, I've been on a shoot where it's a very high profile model. I've been on a shoot and no one knows what to do with my face. Mm. I've had to bring my own makeup. You know, the issues are, yeah, yeah, the issues are there. And, you know, even if I have to be on a shoot, you know, I am slightly terrified that, you know, I'm going to end up looking grey, even now. So we haven't we haven't even really scratched off the surface with the issues. It's just makeup. It's also hair, right? Because that's my my biggest worry. I'm like, I'm I'm just going to come with my hair done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I never go anywhere where they say, oh, we'll have someone to do your hair. No, thank you. (laughs) I have my hair done and it's the case of don't touch my hair. I know it sounds really awful. Is that because beauty professionals aren't being taught how to work on... Absolutely. I think it's a it's a little bit of both. They're not being taught, but a lot of people are not showing interest. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who are terrified of Afro hair. Mm-hmm. So because they're so terrified, they just think, oh, hands off. We just won't even go there. And that's the issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't walk into any hair salon and have my hair done. I have to go to specific sort of areas to get products for my hair I can't walk into most department stores and find products for my hair I just can't 
What do you think about brands that traditionally have not catered to women of colour at all and now they see the success of brands like Fenty, mm. for instance, and now suddenly they're then expanding their range? Yes. Does that make you connect with that brand? Do you feel like they're doing that authentically or do you feel like they're just going, oh, hang on a minute, we've just missed out on a load of sales that we can do? <laughs> yes, I think there is that. I mean, I, I you know, wanted to think this question comes up all the time and, you know, and I have a lot of women of colour who say to me, you know, we have these discussions and they say, oh, you know, do you think these brands now care about us and so on and so forth? And I'd love to be able to say, yes, you know, all of these brands really, really care. But essentially, they're businesses. You know, they're a commercial enterprise and not a social enterprise. Mm -hmm. So, yes, absolutely, they've seen the opportunity and they're taking advantage of it. And fine, I accept that because I think it's better that they see the opportunity and they start to cater for women of colour as opposed to just thinking, well, we don't want to seem like we're jumping on the bandwagon, so we'll do nothing. But are they really catering? So, you know, are they actually getting the chemical compositions right? Or are they, is it, is it you know, is it surface level? Because oh. I often, I, I wonder, you mm. know, is this actually any good? Mm. Or does it just say... This is for curly hair, but actually, it's going to dry dry my hair out. Oh, I think I think you. It's a case of knowing which products work. Mm. It's always about formulations, and I do think that, as with anything, there are better formulations than others. Mm. And I I think it's a case of just finding out what works. But I think foundations are definitely getting better. But just because someone says, you know, we have 50 foundations in our range doesn't mean they are great foundations. Mm -hmm. They're just 50 more colours, but they could be quite bad colours. So, you know, you know, one of the things that one needs to look at is undertones are really, really key in terms of the formulation. And also you can't sort of have a carbon copy of a very, very white shade and just think, oh, I'll just add a bit of black stuff to it and it'll be fine because it'll still be really ashy and really grey. So you have to have a completely new formulation. And the issue with that is that that then becomes really expensive because you can't just copy exactly what you've done right from the beginning you need to sort of almost start afresh so it becomes much more expensive to make so I think there's a lot of reasons why you know companies might say oh we don't do you know certain shades or we don't go that dark um because it's expensive but I I just don't think that's an excuse anymore mm. and so your book which is beautiful thank yeah. you thank you so much a range of products I mean, yes I did expect to see photos of women made up and oh, really? made up in there yeah that's quite old school for me it's actual it's about product, product. because also I, I kind of think I did think about you know I, I do joke about you know you know that's quite old school but I did think about I did think quite a lot about how this book was going to look mm. and I thought very much about the way that women are not represented and the way they are represented. And I didn't want to have particular types of women mm. to represent every woman. Mm. So by having the product there, you're focused on the product. You're not looking at a woman who looks a certain way and aspiring to looking like that. Mm. I felt that was a little bit of a distraction, which is why I just focused on the product. And also I love illustration. Mm. So um, that was... A moment to sort of include that um, that vibe, and they're your tried and tested go tos. Yes. Okay. I mean, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them that I I like myself, but wouldn't necessarily use because they're maybe not right for my skin type. Mm. 
and maybe not right for my hair specifically, but I know that they work. Mm. So there are quite a few products that have caveats because at the end of the day, not every product is going to work for absolutely everybody. Mm. But, you know, there'll be certain things like, say, a foundation, for instance. You know, I like a foundation that has a little bit of a glow. Some girls love a matte foundation. Mm. So there are a mix of foundations in there. And I'll say, if you like a matte look or you like, you know, this sort of texture or whatever, this is great for you if that's not your bag then skip this and go somewhere else you know it's that sort of thing so I'd like to think there's something there for everyone but essentially there you can't have 200 products that work for absolutely everybody Mm -hmm. it's just not possible Mm -hmm. I don't think it's possible what made you get into the beauty industry because I imagine at the time when you're starting out you Mm -hmm. you know you're in mainstream publications Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. but there must have been very few if any women of color in Mm -hmm. those publications especially talking about beauty when beauty's not catering so oh yeah absolutely well I I mean I didn't actually start in beauty I started as a fashion journalist Mm -hmm. and um I think the reason why I wasn't really interested in beauty was because I never saw it speaking to me. I felt very invisible in the beauty world. So it never even occurred to me that I'd write about beauty. And also at that point, I felt that a lot of the a lot of the writing around beauty was very very fluffy (laughs) and that really irritated me you know it was very fluffy it was quite condescending it was almost like you were speaking to you know a complete sort of airhead and um so I wasn't sort of interested in that but I was interested in um fashion and dissecting fashion and the psychology of it and so on and so forth and I liked clothes so I got into magazines that way and how I got into beauty was actually in many ways it was a little bit of a mistake (laughs) you know it wasn't something that I planned I went freelance at one point and when you go freelance you start writing about lots of different things Mm -hmm. so I wrote a lot about you know the arts I wrote you know travel um, features and then I started writing about beauty and as I started writing about beauty I became even more aware of how it just wasn't speaking to an audience that wasn't Caucasian Mm -hmm. and I think as time went on that sort of kind of riled me in many ways and more and more I thought actually we need to do something about this but I don't just write beauty for you know women of color I write beauty for everybody but that's the whole point you know it should be a case of beauty for all Mm. I think everyone should be catered to my column in the observer covers everyone you know the work I do at glamour the work I did at Vogue it was all about you know, everyone, but that was always my mantra. But I don't think that that's always been the case across journalism yeah. within the beauty industry. We were talking about that earlier, weren't we? Mm. How women of colour are more inclusive, have a more inclusive mm. view, yes. where a Caucasian women don't. It's very yes. one-dimensional yes. viewpoint. And yes. then if they get called out on it, they're almost a bit taken by surprise. Yes, in, yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> really? No, not me. No, no, no. no, no. no. I didn't do that. You know, we're, um, yes. We are very inclusive. Of course we're inclusive. Uh, No, you're not. We covered something last week. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. That one time. (laughs) Last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that box. To that point, Mm. you've gone from writing about beauty to gracing the cover. Oh, goodness. Of Observer magazine. Yes. Is it this weekend? Yes, it was last last Sunday. Last Sunday. Which was quite sort of surreal and slightly terrifying. 
but um, but amazing. And I have to give a shout out to my editor, Harriet Green, who's just the most incredible editor and so supportive. And she's been behind this book um, before I even wrote a word, actually. <laughs> so um, she's been incredibly supportive about the message of this book, because as I keep saying to everyone that, yes, it's a beauty book, but in many ways it's kind of not. It's mm. so much more than that. It was really about the message. I wasn't, as I said, you know, I wasn't interested in writing about beauty in a sort of book form mm. and um, unless I really had something to say and that was really the point of this book and um, so yeah being on the cover was quite uh, mm. quite strange but role model uh, Harriet's like Total we'll talk about that model. after the break <laughs> we, will. Uh, we will keep talking to from here on Badass Women's Hour XL after this break Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio she'll get you talking A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL, where we are talking to Fumi Feto all about her new book, Palette, the Beauty Bible for Women of Colour. Um, before the break, uh, we were talking, Fumi, about how you have now become uh, almost a role model yourself. You're in the, on the cover of The Observer magazine. Do you get lots of young women writing to you saying, what should I do about this? How do mm. I manage this? I This thing has happened to me. I want to... I actually wonder, do you get lots of young women writing to you about things like, I want to have a lighter skin tone, how do I do that? Or I feel like I don't fit in. How yes, do I make... a yeah. lot, actually. And it's funny you should make mention that whole thing about um, lighter skin tone. I haven't had a girl specifically saying that, but I had a girl quite recently talking to me about um, trying to break into, you know, the entertainment industry and you know, we still have issues of colorism mm -hmm. where, you know, someone who's lighter skinned and has quite um, Eurocentric um, features seems to be more favored than someone who's maybe very dark and has maybe typically sort of African um, features. And um, she's talked to me about that because she felt that, yes, she was incredibly talented and so on and so forth, but because of the way she looked and that she was darker skinned, that 
she was finding it quite difficult to get into the industry or people were sort of saying, oh, maybe you should try and, you know, wear a weave or wear mm. this or, you know, look a certain way just in order to sort of assimilate into that sort of ideal of beauty. And that was heartbreaking. You know, that was a young girl. And, you know, there I was, you know, saying to her, you are beautiful and you're amazing. <laughs> and, you know, you have to stay true to yourself. You know, I say to people all the time that people respond to authenticity. Mm. So you, you, you can't sort of move away from your own DNA. You have to stay true to yourself. But yes, so I do have a lot of young girls, you know, some of them might, you know, get in touch about getting into journalism and there was another really lovely letter I received um from a 16 year old girl who said that you know this is the first time she's seen sort of a woman of color doing what she would like to do and work in newspapers and you know in magazines and so on and so forth and that's inspired her and that you know that sort of really brought tears to my eyes in many ways and I I guess I look at that and it makes me I never really set out to be this role model, but it makes me feel much more conscious about what I'm doing and how I'm doing that. Do you also then feel a pressure to get it right? Um, I I'm, I'm quoting things. <laughs> right. No, 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 of course, of course. I don't think I feel a pressure, actually. I think, I think maybe years ago I would have felt a pressure, but no, I don't. I, I feel quite confident and sort of who I am you know mm. flaws and all mm. so I don't feel that pressure I you know I I try and listen to the words and the advice that I give to other people you have to be yourself you know you people respond to your authenticity and that's what I'm trying to do so so no is that the wrong answer no not at all <laughs> so again uh, earlier on in the show um we had Carol campaign on talking about mm. what she's some research she's done around the double disadvantage mm. and we were talking about the mm. fact that for a long time black women just had to get on with it mm. and in her research she feels now that black women are just kind of saying I am who I am absolutely and so you might have all of your biases, mm. but this is who I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of... there's a, That feeling is is so real right now. I think we're in a place where years ago, you know, we wouldn't be having these conversations. You know, that whole thing of, you know, black women just getting on with it. It's like, yes, you deal with the indignities on a daily basis, mm. the sort of semi, you know, racist sort of, you know, behaviour and, you know, microaggressions and so on and so forth and you get on with it and you don't sort of speak out or you're so much more concerned about assimilating as mm. opposed to sort of, you know, speaking out and standing out. And now I think people are just becoming so much more bold and I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Mm. I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that's changing in the media as well? So obviously... Edward Enfell, now editor-in-chief of Vogue. Yes. And there was the very famous photograph before he became editor-in-chief of the yes. Vogue staff and everyone was like, hello, mm. is there mm. a single person who's not white there? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, do you think that that kind of people are speaking out but also that level of representation at kind of the very highest and mm. most tra i mean focus so traditional so traditional yes i mean to be fair things. i will be clear on something you know i was i was actually at vogue um under alex shulman so mm. alex shulman actually hired me yeah so um i just wanted to make that clear because i think there's an idea that you know there was never any um person of color at vogue and there was and you know and when i was there 
Um, there were two other girls there as well. But yes, you're you're correct. You know, it it, it was predominantly white, and the the whole sort of culture, I guess, changed under Edward. And I worked under Edward as contributing editor, and he's you know incredible. He's he's such a visionary, and I love what he's done. And I feel that he has really given a lot of people the boldness to be like yeah you know I am who I am I'm proud of who I am and and so on and that has been really great for media I do think that things still need to change I still don't think it's as diverse as it could be I'm sure you know with Edward walking into a room with lots of other editors of publications he's the only black one you know there aren't tons of them around so yes you know things are changing but I think there's so much more room for um things to go even further absolutely beyond um race and ethnicity though Mm -hmm. you know it's it's even just down to body type and shape yeah yes the way people dress i was at a fashion event bizarrely a couple of weeks ago Mm. and i was like everyone here looks the The same same. from behind i couldn't really tell who is who yeah you're so right even height yes unless they were a model moved into (laughs) being like it is the same yeah no it's really it's really quite homogenous isn't it i mean i used to do shows a lot when i watched on worked on the fashion side and um on the beauty side you know you don't do shows as much you do a lot of backstage um coverage because you're looking at the looks and while mm. they're making up the models and so on but you don't do sort of a lot of front of house and and recently just this last fashion week i did a few shows and so on and it reminded me of how you know it, if you look at what the media are saying about, gosh, you know, it's so we're so diverse and we're so inclusive and everyone's patting themselves on the back. But when you really go, you know, mm. to the sort of environments where, you know, the people who have the power in those <laughs> industries actually exist, it, things haven't changed that much. <laughs> but it just doesn't look like the real world. Yeah, it doesn't look it doesn't, like yeah. the streets that we walk down. No, no. I would even say they look like the streets that you'd, you'd walk down in Lancaster. Mm. It, it's a very it's very specific to an industry. I'm guessing all industries have them, mm. but mm. I think, you know, beauty and fashion. Yes. We will know it's fundamentally different mm. when mm. actually you walk into a room and it just looks like the yeah. world as it really is. Yes, yeah. I think that will take a while. I do How long? Think... How long we got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you were a better woman. Uh, change us, is happening. I, just, I mean, change yeah. is happening. I think it is. And I think that a lot of people are much more conscious. I don't think people... I mean, I'd like to think that people didn't purposely try to restrict the types of people coming in to their environments. I mean, there may have been one or two, mm. but um, I think for the most part, I think a lot of people just weren't thinking about it. But now I think people are thinking about it. So I'm hoping that we'll see even more change as the years go on. Mm. So before we end, we have to have the debate that we always have whenever we get anyone in beauty on the studio, which is I go very back and forth on beauty because mm. I can't quite get my head around the idea that we're not just asking women to paint their faces in order to look a certain way which pleases men and therefore you know we're like yeah playing into a patriarchal stereotype Mm. that said i like a beauty product (laughs) i'm turning the pages down in your book (laughs) Um, so where do you sit on that as this idea of where's the line between beauty as self-expression and beauty as 
fitting into what is required of women to be safe and polite and nice? I think it's it's such a personal thing. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I I have a lot of people around me uh, that love beauty but engage with it in a very very different way and I think it has to be really personal it has to be really individual and I don't think that I don't actually think most women now wear makeup to please men I think they wear it to please themselves yeah I feel like there's been it there's been a shift shift. there really is a shift fashion feels as well like a bit Mm. more self-expressive absolutely absolutely because most there are a lot of women who you know they'll say that the men in their lives actually hate what they wear and that yeah. gives them so much joy. <laughs> you know, they're absolutely fine with that. Yeah. You know, I have a pair of shoes that every time my husband looks down at them and he's just like, oh my goodness, they're just so awful. <laughs> and I'm just like, I love them so much, you know. So I, I think that whole idea of you're just dressing to please a man or you're just putting on that lipstick to please a man, I, I don't think that's really that true anymore yeah. I think I yeah. really do think that there's been a shift I might put lipstick on to tell a man I'm about to be badass right now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see me wearing a certain shade you're in yeah, yeah you are in trouble or this meeting's about yeah. to go down but isn't it as well when there's like really tough times don't like sales and red lipstick go <laughs> yeah, up yeah, yeah. Like totally because totally. there is a thing there's something about beauty you know and I spend a fortune on some of this stuff and mm. it's but there is a whole ritual like some of these stores there's a high street store I don't know if I'm going to mention their name, but mm. they do. And I could just spend so much money and so much time mm. in there because there's just something about the ritual of... Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I don't yeah. know, all these things. All very yeah, self caring yeah. and yeah. The, yeah, I'm a sucker mm. for it all. Absolutely. But I don't think that... I, I don't think, you know, a woman sort of being quite serious in sort of what she does and, you know, what she believes and, and so on and so forth has to be mutually exclusive to her loving beauty. I just yeah. don't think that we, we need to separate that. I think it's absolutely fine. So, yeah, I'm good with it. Uh, Femi, <laughs> before you go, what is your one favourite product in the book oh, and what's no. the one yeah. that you had to leave out that if you had 201 you would have put in? Ah. Oh. goodness me okay so one I would have put in not because I left it out but because this just went to press and you know you have lots of other products is um by fresh and it's the black kombucha tea essence and it is just this magical product that feels a little bit like water and oil and it's it basically prepares your skin for everything else to work even better. Mm-hmm. And it's it just fantastic. It's it's a really odd product, but it's amazing. Um, in terms of my favourite product in here, oh gosh, that's <laughs> so really, like picking, really hard. Picking favourite child. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I've mentioned this quite a lot and I feel, you know, everyone's going to think I work for them, but <laughs> I would say um, Paula's Choice um, it's a skin perfecting liquid and I say every single woman should have it. Mm. It will completely revolutionise your skin. I'm just going to give you my favourite quotes, some great quotes in here, but I love this one. <laughs> good skincare like love doesn't have to hurt. It can tingle, but if it burns, it's no good. <laughs> Wisdom. For <laughs> um, me, thank you so much for joining us. For me, Fete, palette is out now. It's the Beauty Bible for Women of Colour. It's just beautiful. Go buy it. Thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much for having me. 
This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.